Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean. Good morning, everybody. This is Paul Carruthers. I'm the communications manager for Moto America, and this is our weekly podcast, Off Track. I do the show weekly with Sean Bice, who's my cohort out in Ohio. We have uh, various guests from the MotoGP, MotoGP, from the Moto America paddock, mostly our riders uh, from start to finish. And we cycle through them. We talk to them as much as we possibly can. We talk to other people in the paddock and we try to keep it light and have a nice uh, informative show that people and our fans of uh, Moto America can learn something from. So Sean, good morning. I know it's it's not as early there as it is here, but uh, I just rolled out of bed for this one. Yeah, good morning. Mid-morning for me here on a beautiful day. And uh, boy, that was quite a round we just came out of. Um, funny not going to VIR last year and coming in there this year. It's like, you know, really, really missed it. That that track produces some amazing racing. And what a, what an unusual configuration that is to set up for amazing racing, too. So that was, that was a great weekend. Yeah, I think the riders all like the track. It's obviously a good place for fans, and we had a ton of fans this week. Uh, it, it was, you know, I came back. It, I came back from that one really happy. It was, it mm. just had a good feel to it. It's nice to have, it's nice to have people there. It's nice to, it was nice to return to VIR after after not being able to go there last year because of COVID. So it just, it was. I, I think the fans were really enthusiastic, and and obviously it was a good show because you know basically all the races had good races from start to finish and throughout the pack. So yeah, it was one of those feel good weekends and it just, you know, makes me look forward to, to road America, which I think is going to be unbelievable. I think that's an event uh, that I think people are going to really sit back and go, Holy crap, you know, Moto America has arrived and look at this show, look at the, the professionalism, look at the amount of people and, and road America will be the perfect place to showcase, you know, like not a new beginning, but it's like, I feel like we maybe have reached that tipping point where, we can start to get a little bit of a snowball effect as far as fans and, and things like that. So, yeah, you know, it's funny about road America too. You know um, one of the things about that track uh, besides the fans and, and the brats and the beer and everything about being up there in Wisconsin. One, one thing I always remember is, and, it, and it's about our guest uh, today and the fact that I'll never forget when he won a super sport race there and he had, he had bet his dad that if he he won that race that he had to quit smoking and um, it's been a few, number of years now but it seems like it's like last year to me and um, it's something fun so you know I'm I'm teasing that a little bit Paul but you can you can set it up to bring him in and we can talk about how how that Road America thing is pretty special to him. Well, our guest today is Stefano Mesa. He's always one of our favorites. He's a funny guy and uh, he's a hell of a motorcycle racer. If you've watched our TV shows at all, you see he's pretty much. He's got his family helping him, but there's times when it seems like he's a one-man band, uh, changing his own tires, and and it, the, the guy's just a nonstop worker. And then I don't think people realize realize how difficult it is to do all that work and then jump on the motorcycle and go perform and try to perform at the same level as as guys that you know are fresh out of the motorhome and the air conditioning, and they just hop on the bike that's perfectly prepared by somebody else. So I give him full props for that. He's a true privateer. And uh, the guy gets it done. He's third in the Super Sport Championship this year. 
second in race one at VIR, third in race two at VIR. He had a DNF and a fourth place finish at Road Atlanta to start his season. Unfortunately, he's been banged up a little bit. And that's kind of caused him to, or forced him to, to step aside a little bit from the stock 1000, but we're going to talk to him to see if, if that's going to come back. Be, being in the situation that he's in, uh, I mean, the guy races a lot and that's how he makes his money. So I can't see that he's not going to be back on that stock 1000. I think it's just a case of, of healing up a little bit, but why don't we start with that question? Stefano, how are you this morning? Hey, how are you guys? Over here, pretty good morning. Uh, driving actually to Summit Point today, so oh, uh, how okay. you say? I'm going racing. <laughs> so when you when you go to those races, at, like especially after you just had a weekend at VIR, that the, the the your riding. I, I I'm curious to know, does your riding have to step up quite a bit at at Moto America compared to what it does when you just go and pick pockets at these other races and I mean pick pockets I don't mean it like that I mean it in a positive way but is there a difference in how hard you have to ride or do you ride the uh, same That's a good question uh, obviously at some events you have the, the the fast guys that show up right uh Jeff May shows up sometimes Xavier shows up sometimes so I think it just depends uh what kind of what kind of riders are there and what kind of competition is there and that's how you plan out your weekend you know right now as far as the super sport class goes and the stock 1000 last year we knew you as basically a stock 1000 guy you had great results and then at indy you decided to do both and then you had good results in super sport and then now this year i don't know if it's just because you're hurt or what but it seems like you've gone you've put most of your eggs in the super sport basket. Is that going to continue that way or is it just a, a, for a healing thing? So, yeah, uh, we, we've, we've purchased the big bike, the 1000 at the beginning of the year. And obviously how it was a new bike, uh, everybody had a little trouble finding parts to go build the bikes. Right. So uh, the bike was pretty much built for road America for road Atlanta. Sorry. Um, but we were missing the bodywork and we couldn't get our hands on no body work. So that's why I missed the stock 1000 race. And then I had the bike ready for VIR and I, I went out for both qualifying. Unfortunately, after my get off in qualifying two on the super sport, uh, I heard a few ribs and I just couldn't bear with the pain while riding the big bike. That thing's a monster. So I kind of stepped away from it since the 600 is a little bit easier to ride. And uh, just concentrated on that this weekend. Uh, the weekend turned around pretty big at how it started, but uh, with, we ended up with good results in the 600 class. And uh, the plan is to hopefully race both at Road America because the track has always treated me well. So we'll see how we do this year, you know. Stefano, let's talk about the injuries a little bit because you, you had gotten hurt at Road Atlanta and uh, Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. And I... You know, we didn't know it in, in, the, um, that in that crash that people saw where Rocco Landry went off, but it, it knocked your pipe up in the air and you continued on, but we didn't really realize until later that you had, you had gotten hurt. Was that, that was from that uh, collision? Can you tell us about that injury? So, yeah, I think once, uh, once that whole situation happened, I think uh, the, once the bike hit in the left side of the bike, in the right side of the bike, uh, the bike rotated itself into the left side and uh, I hit my boot 
and I think it caused uh, my leg to over rotate my ankle towards the front of my to, towards the front. So uh, at that point, I didn't really feel the pain when it happened, and I actually pulled off the race the racetrack in race one because uh, the pipe was too banged up, and I didn't want to ruin the motor. And anyhow, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's honestly why I pulled off. And then uh, once I went to hop off the bike and I stepped on my leg, uh, I started feeling the pain. But um, it wasn't nothing serious, right? So that's why we went, out, we went out in race two and gave it what we could. And then, unfortunately, uh, I had a big get off at VIR, and that one hurt me quite a bit. Yes, yeah, so it's kind of been cumulative for you, Stefano. Uh so how's how's it sounds like it's your ankle is more, more than your foot so uh or tell us what that is but how's that now and how what's how's the situation with the rest of your body going into summit point this weekend uh for this new race you're doing so my my ankle's pretty much good uh i didn't i i was okay with it after a week it was just sore um my after my get off in vir i'm not sure what's wrong with me i haven't really want to go check get checked out uh, I'm pretty sure it's a rib that's probably bruised or fractured. I doubt it's broken because I can breathe and I, I, it's painful, but it's not extremely, extremely painful, right? And that's why I'm heading into Summit Point, uh, how Paul mentioned earlier, this is kind of how I make my living. So I got to bear with the pain sometimes and just got to do what I have to do, you know? So uh, we'll, we'll roll into Summit and see who's there and what we have to do and hopefully it'll be a a somewhat okay weekend for me with not a lot of fast riders there hopefully that's probably one of those things i guess you don't know until you're there right i mean you pull into the paddock you unload your stuff and you start looking around to see what other guys are there correct so this weekend is actually memorial weekend so uh it's normally a big it's a big weekend where everybody shows up so um i'm expecting a few fast guys to show up like uh Frankie Babushka, he's been around the paddock for some time too. And uh, Mark Mark Heckles will probably be there as well racing. Um, Xavier was supposed to be there, but unfortunately he suffered a crash at VIR too, and he actually broke his hand. Oh. So he's in. He's doing. Uh, he's recuperating now, and I don't think we'll see him at Road America. I think uh, he's trying to make plans to go to the other coast. Uh, so. Uh, my teammate will go to the other coast. I have no plans on going to the other coast at the moment. So um, I think we'll see. We're, we're, we're both injured, but we're both ready to keep racing. You know, this is, we love this and this is what we like to do. So last year, Stefano, when you jumped on the, the Kawasaki uh, ZX6R, um, what was the decision that you, uh, made you do that and continue for this year? Obviously, I'm sure it has something to do with the fact that you, you've done well and you've always been a real good rider on a Supersport, a 600-class machine. Um, tell us about how you made that decision last year and, and then going into this year. So, yeah, last year I bought I've been racing a Kawasaki because it's, they have the best contingency program, obviously, right? And uh, yes. uh, that's what helps you pay the bills. So at the, at the middle of last year, uh, we've, we've been seeing Richie do very well on the bike. And uh, the bike offers contingency as well. So I purchased the bike to go club racing mostly. And then uh, since it was Indian, a new, a new track, everybody was going to be fresh to the track, you know. 
I kind of saw like, hey, maybe I can do good in the class as well, right? So that's kind of was the decision maker because it was a new track and everybody was going to be fresh, right? Um, I know I have the talent to keep up with this, guys. It's just a fact of putting the puzzle together, right? Uh, they've been, they have been in the class for quite a few years. And I'll tell you what, doing 19 laps at 100% pace is, is, is hard. It's very hard. Stefano, so a couple of years ago, we had you on the podcast. We did a video version of it at, at New Jersey Motorsports Park. I remember, and a lot's changed for you since then. One of the things is um, we remember that you had a, quote, civilian job that you were doing. Now, you're not doing that now, but are you, do you have a, are you working outside of this, this racing and chasing contingency? Is there, is there uh, other, other things that you do for income? So uh, right now, I'm mostly based on motorcycles. Everything uh, evolves motorcycles. Um, so how you said, I changed contingency. Uh, I coach as well. Uh, I'm coaching a few young kids that race the Old Valley Cup at the moment. So uh, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll see what we, they can do and once their, their season starts, you know. And uh, actually, I'm also the distributor for Pirelli uh, tires in all of Central America. Oh, wow. Wow. So that's my other side business. My dad helps me as well, but um, that's that's my other income. I'm, I distribute uh, Pirelli race tires to Central America and South America as well. That's very cool. Stefano, a couple of things. When which which one of those two bikes is like your favorite bike to actually race? And part of that might be as far as the competition. Like I, I would think looking from the outside in and correct me if I'm wrong, but if you line up in a stock 1000 race, you feel like you have a better opportunity to win the race than you would lining up in a super sport race because of the two guys at the top that obviously are going really, really fast. Now that's not to say you're not, it's not possible for you to win because I definitely think it is. But when, but as far as going into a weekend, you have to feel like your chances on the thousand are better. Am I right? Or is, am I, blown smoke um i don't know i maybe look at it differently i want to show up and as long as i do good on, on both of them i'm happy right i obviously want to win and i can I, I think i can win them both it's just about putting the puzzle together right um yeah. to to be honest this year if you look at both classes, you have a lot of fast guys in both classes and uh, it kind of proved that at VIR, which is such a, it's more of a rider track than a motorcycle track. Um, at VIR, you had six guys in the stock class that could technically win by lap times. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, I don't know. It's, that's a hard question. Uh, for me, I think I would maybe say the 600 because of my size. Uh, after riding the big bike and jumping on the little bike, everything is much easier because everything's happening slower, I would say. So I would maybe go with the 600. Uh, I, I enjoy riding more of the 600 because I can throw it around easier. Right. Uh, the big bike is a little bit more tricky and you have to respect it because that one can hurt you big time. Right. Okay. Correct. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but you've, You've always done your racing the way that you are now, right? I mean, you've never, you've never had that ride where somebody takes care of everything for you. So I have. Uh, once, 
in when it used to be AMA, I had a few rides. I rode for Triple Crown when it was around. I rode for RMR when it was around. I rode a few races for Vestra when they were around. Uh, but this is when I was very young, right? Uh, lately, where where my talent has been the best, uh, I have not had the chance of, to go ride for somebody for somebody that will take care of everything. Uh, obviously, the paddock is kind of hurting with that right now. Okay, you're sounding like a spaceman, so I'll <laughs> talk for a minute and see if your connection gets a little bit better. For my understanding, <laughs> a lot of guys are paying for the rides, something like that right now, you know? And to be honest, I'm... Hello? Yeah, you're here. Keep going. I'm here? Yeah, you're here. Yeah. All right, sorry. So... I forgot even where I was. I was trying to hurry up and get to a place with signal. Well, that's fine. Um, I mean, it seems like it seems like you're pretty comfortable doing it all yourself. I mean, I know I know the other way would probably be easier. And if you and if it came up, if it came about that you had that opportunity, I'm sure you'd jump on it. But you seem very good at what you're doing because you do so much of it. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, that makes total sense. Like how, I, how you said, I make so much of it. And to be honest, I enjoy working on the bike. I enjoy changing the tires throughout the qualifying. I enjoy doing these things, right? Uh, it makes me feel I've had a lot of issues in the past where it's been a lot of mechanical mistakes, right? Uh, so it's, 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 uh, it makes my mind clear that, hey, I did the work on the motorcycle. I know it's, it's everything's put together the right way. Uh, nothing's going to fail on me, you know. So definitely, I will definitely say I'm comfortable doing the work myself. Uh, I have KWS helping me as well and Thermosman Suspension. Uh, KWS, though, the main work and builds the bikes from the beginning, and then I keep up with them. And then Thermosman, I've... I've been with the guy for about 15 years, so uh, he's my chassis guy, and uh, we do we do it all old school without telemetry, but we have fun we have fun while at doing it. Stefano, is this just something where you have been in motorcycling, involved in motorcycling for a long time, and you've picked this up as you've gone along and, and been able to do it? I mean, it, it's you wear kind of like like this idea of two hats, the, the rider, the crew, and things like that. Is that is that just because of being around for, and being in the sport for a long time? Yeah, I think so. I've, I've learned a lot throughout the years, and obviously I learn something new every weekend, right? Even if it's with the bike or with my riding, that's the plan to learn something new. And uh, I think it makes you a better rider when you understand how the bike works and how, or how stuff in the motorcycle works, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing I want to talk about with you, with you is it's great to always see you at the, the track because it's such a family effort and with your mom and dad. And, you know, I, on the top of the podcast, I mentioned about how I, it sticks in my head about whenever I think of Road America, I think of Stefano Mason Super Sport when you won that that race and you know with your dad and 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 you were on the uh in the press conference talking about getting him to quit smoking and all, and all that i want to kind of talk about some more of that because last year we had learned 
um, at Indy, I think it was that you were, uh, your dad has been dealing with some health issues and you were going to essentially donate a kidney to him. And I, I followed up this, this year with you on it. And can you tell that story a little bit about what, what transpired and what this current situation is with all that? It's, it's really an interesting story about what, what a son can do or wants to do for a father. Yeah, so how you mentioned, uh, I was supposed to give my kidney to my father. Uh, it, it would be his second kidney now. So uh, I went through all the testing throughout in the off season, uh, and then the last test they 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 did on me, they actually found blood in my urine. Uh, I was minimal, but at that point, they kind of ruled me out of the of the of the donor list. So uh, at that point. They said uh, I couldn't donate because I have a an, a kid. I could have a kidney issue too. So uh, we we can't really look into it. There's only one. There's only one procedure that can tell me what's really wrong with me. And uh, the doctors had told us that it's not a good procedure to take because how we can tell us what's wrong, it could really ruin my kidney. Wow. So. Um, at this point, we're kind of stuck with my parent, my dad's situation. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't be the donor, and they already ruled me out of the program. So um, at this point, we're just seeing what we can do for him and just try and make him as, hap as happy as possible, you know? What, is, he on a, is he on a list for, for getting a, a donor kidney at some point? So, yeah, obviously he is on the list, but the list is obviously big. Uh, we don't yeah. even know how it works or what's going to happen. Uh, so uh, my mom is actually doing the testing now. Uh, she can be a donor, but she can donate one of hers and they will find a match for my dad. It's like a, it's called a swap. So that's what my mom is doing right now. She's doing all the all the testing to see if she could, she could do that and then go from there. Um, it was pretty sad. I couldn't give the kidney to my dad because uh, at the beginning, all the tests were good and everything was a match. And then out of a sudden they tell me, oh, well, now you can give the kidney. You have this issue as well. And it could be bad as well. So at that point you're like, well, you guys are doctors. You guys should know what's wrong with me. Right. Right. And at this point, they can even tell me what's wrong with me. So I don't know. It's kind of, it's, it's frustrating and it's sad, but I guess it's life and we just have to keep looking forward to it. Right. I wonder if it's a genetic thing, Stefano, you know, just as whatever your father's dealing with, you know, it's, you have some of that too, because of your genetics. So, uh, this has been asked before and it's not because of the genetics. Uh, my dad actually, um, didn't take care of a cold and uh ruined his kidneys oh boy so uh the, he had green mucus and he wasn't he wasn't taking care of it how it should and he created a clog in his kidneys and that's how his kidneys deteriorated does he does he currently have to go to dialysis so right now he's not on dialysis uh the doctor told him he should be on dialysis but at the moment he doesn't want to take the, that route um eventually i think that's going to be the route he's going to have to take right mm -hmm. so i think at the end it's it's whatever his decision is right dialysis is very hard on the patient it's like they say uh you, you have to do it three times a week and they say after you're done every time 
it feels like you just ran a marathon. So it's it's definitely very hard on the patient, on the heart, and on all the organs, right? Yes. Well, I hope he's all right because it's they're a pleasure to watch at the track. I, yeah. I, I I sometimes just watch them like when you're practicing or racing or whatever. And I think it's something, obviously it causes them a little bit of stress, but you can tell overall they're, they're just having a good time at the racetrack. And obviously they, it's something they enjoy doing. So it's, it's good that you give them that because uh, like I said, that you can see that they enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. How you say my, that's my happy, that's my dad's happy place. I'm like, he wants to be at the track before everybody, and he wants to be there Thursday morning, the first ones there. So it's, <laughs> it's pretty cool to have to have him support me that much, right? And obviously, uh, he tells me, "Listen, I enjoy I enjoy this probably more than you do. So right. let's go do it." You know? Right. <laughs> now it's good to see. Is there looking forward for the rest of the <clears throat> excuse me Moto America schedule? Is is there a track that you look forward to more than any other? And that might be based on the fact that that think that you think that could give you the best opportunity of, of winning, or it's just a place that you enjoy riding around, which usually ends up being the same. But is there one, is there one that you're really looking forward to as far as giving you the best opportunity? So I was really looking forward to VIR. It's always treated me very well. And it was my home track for a few years, right. When I was living up here in, in uh, Raleigh and, um, I, that was one of my favorites, and I knew I, I was going to have a good chance because I go very good there. I've always gone good there. And I think Road America might be very good for me. Uh, since I've gone there the first time, it's always treated me well. So I'm definitely looking forward to I'm hoping I can ride both bikes over there and pull some double duty and hopefully do good on both bikes, you know. Now, the, the, the reason you don't go – come out this direction and I, by this direction, I mean, California and, and the Ridge, obviously the reason you don't do that is that's, that's a financial thing. Am I right? Yeah, it's definitely a financial thing. Uh, to be honest, if I could go there and be like, all right, well, if I get decent results, I can pay for my trip. I would definitely do it. But to be honest, not even winning everything, I'll probably pay for my trip out there, you know? So um, I think I, this year I, I'm for sure not making the ridge. I won't do that one. Uh, I might do Laguna Seca possibly. Um, I'm not driving myself out there. I'll probably send the bike with somebody. So it's affordable for me. And I'll probably send one of the bikes, which will probably be the 600. I would guess. Uh, I think I have to ride the big bike a little bit more since it's a new bike and it's a little different, right? Uh, we're dealing with a little issues here and there to try and figure it out. But I guess everything, we plan everything with how the results go and how the financial situation is. Okay, so if I sent Sean to your place with a van and a trailer and he could drive you out here, would you come? And what about my tires and my fuel for the well, race? Come on, if we well, Sean will buy the gas. <laughs> Sean will do all the driving. You'll be really I well got, rested. I already have... I have the transport covered. I need funds for other things. All right. Then I, I, I will see if Sean can cash in some of his 401k money and we'll get that to you. A set of tires for a set of tires. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, Stefano, I, I want to ask you a question about something that, you know, it, it's not as much of an issue this year, it seems. It hasn't been talked about, but 
Heck, you know, I'm going to bring it up. So last year, of course, there was the whole thing about the displacement on that Kawasaki. And this year, you guys have got balancing. There's there's ballast weight on the bike. And I talked to Richie at Coda, and he, he felt like it could maybe help him a little bit. So I, I want to ask you, you obviously have the extra weight on your bike this year. Um, you notice any difference in the bike from last year with that with that ballast? So, yeah, actually, when we rolled to Road Atlanta, uh, I went to weigh the bike when I went through tech and my bike was underly, actually underweight. It was about 10 pounds underweight. So I had to go scramble for a few for a few things to throw at it. Uh, we ended throwing uh, throwing on it a few pair, a few sets of SBS brake pads on the battery tray to make the weight. Um, so uh, that was the first time I rode the bike how with the weight. And uh, I'll tell you what, the Cowie is definitely a good bike, but uh, throughout the middle of the race, it starts developing this chatter from some, from somewhere that we haven't been able to catch. And, but um, I would agree with Richie. Maybe it helped us to set the bike down. Uh, the bike is very, very light in the front. So maybe putting the weight in the middle helped us put a little bit of weight in both sides of the bike, you know. So yeah. I would have to agree with Richie. Maybe it, it helped us a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's precisely what Richie said. It depends on where you put the weight on the bike, but in some ways it can help. And, you know, I've talked to Chuck Axlin a little bit about it back in DP days. They would actually try to get the bike as light as possible. Then they'd go back in and try to put some weight on it here and there in order to kind of solve these. And it was exactly that. It was the chatter issue. So um, that has to do with um, not enough weight on the front end. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, so for the six, the new, the newer six three six, uh, they kind of designed it around uh, the guy that stunts. I forget his name, but uh, that's why uh, it has a little bit more torque than the old one, and uh, I think it's a little bit more front and heavy. This is what I've been told, right? That, yeah, that's what they say. Um... So I want to ask you something else. This was, we, this is pretty interesting for us. Um, one of the things we do in the press conferences is our Hispanic riders, um, we have them speak in their native language. And it was really fun to have you, Richie, uh, and Sean Dylan Kelly on the, po on the podium. So you guys all spoke together. Um, do you, is it, what did, I guess, what did you say to your fans during that time period? And what is it, how do you feel as, do you feel a sense of pride to have a, be part of a podium that's all uh, Latino or all Hispanic um, riders? Well, what we told we, what we tell the guys is pretty much we all told, we all said the same thing we said in English, just in Spanish. Okay. You know? uh, we, said, we said how our race went and that we have, we all know they're watching us, right? Happy to snows up there, you know. Uh, Latinos have always been fast. Uh, if you remember Martin Cardenas, he was till this point, he's probably still my favorite rider. And how I love that guy, was. yeah. I love yeah, that. So, uh, the Latinos have always been fast, you know. Uh, and there's plenty of, of talent over over in, in this Latino countries, you know. It's just a matter of fact that sometimes they can't afford it and they can expose themselves, you know. Yeah. No, it's there's a good representation of Latino riders in our in our paddock. And it's it's really great. I mean, all of them do do really well. And, um, you know, I, I wondered if there 
I mean, obviously writers have camaraderie between each other, but when you're in a, in a country where English is, is the second language for you, I, I imagine you guys probably um, gravitate towards one another in the paddock. Do you hang out at all with SDK or, or Richie or, you know, Lucas uh, De Silva or, oh no, Gabriel, Gabriel De Silva, or, you know, I'm trying to remember some of the other writers that we have because we, we have a lot of them. Um, do you guys kind of get together a little bit? So yeah, it's definitely see, it's definitely cool to see all the all the other countries coming into here. We have a lot of Brazilians now. We have Colombians, Argentinians, Uruguayans. We have all over the place, you know. And definitely, we all we all talk to each other at the, at the track. Uh, we all we all have a rivalry. Have you say we all want to beat each other, but that stays in the track, I think. Um, but yeah, it's definitely very cool to see a lot of a lot of the talent from outside of the country coming here and try and perform, you know? Mm. I always used to tell Brandon Posh after the press conference that those guys, <laughs> was, that those guys were saying bad stuff about him. Get them all scared. Uh, it may be, maybe. Sometimes they might have thrown that little anchor there, you know, that bullet. Yeah, you just got to listen for your name. If you hear your name come up when someone's speaking another language, you're like, uh-oh. That's the bullet. <laughs> all right. That's so the bullet. Stefano, we're going to let you go here. Sean will do a little sales pitch in a second, but I wanted to thank you for, for coming on. I want to wish you the best of luck this weekend. I hope you make lots of money. You need to save that money so you can drive to damn California, for God's sake. <laughs> Absolutely. I know. That's what I'm trying. I'm trying to rack up to see what I can do. All right. Will you be safe and heal up, though, okay? <laughs> All right. Sounds good, guys. Thank you for having me. Very appreciated. Yeah, thanks, Stefano. And I want to mention one of the things that the riders really care a lot about on the track is the corner workers. And I've mentioned this the past couple of our podcasts, the fact that we uh, really rely on a volunteer system for our corner marshals and, our, and the help. And, and uh, when we're going into Road America, that's a big, long track and requires a lot of volunteers. And we're still uh, hopeful to get more people involved. And, you know, there are a lot of areas that you can volunteer with for Moto America, but it's really the best seat in the house to be out there on the track and um you know be you know picking up bikes and dealing with the riders if they go off and you know the riders really really take a lot of um uh they how do i put it they actually you know really really appreciate that's what i'm trying to say sorry about it. appreciate the riders or the corner workers very much and take care of them and you know give them thumbs up and you know, sometimes it can be interesting when they uh, a corner worker is picking up a bike and a rider wants to try to get into the into the show again. But, um, you know, they always appreciate it afterwards, um, all the work that's being done there. So I know Stefano feels the same way. And and uh, what what you can do is get in touch with uh, David Hawley, who is our U.S. corner marshal. You go to D H A W L E Y at MotoAmerica.com and volunteer. Um, and uh, please join us. And like I said, best way to watch the, the race is right out there on the track. You don't have to um, pay to get in. It's all handled. You get a nice dinner and you get to deal with these really awesome riders that we have. Um, so uh, thanks for that. And again, thanks, Stefano. All right, boys. You have a good rest of your week and a good weekend. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye.